1: Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earle, and here are today's topics. Manchester United's thrilling back-and-forth win over at Old Trafford, and what was going through new manager Ralph Randnick's mind as he watched from the stands, plus Liverpool's Merseyside Masterclass at Goodison Park over a hapless Everton, Chelsea and Man City keeping pace with the way victories at Watford and Aston Villa, and Tottenham's key win over Brentford to stay within touching distance of the top four. All that and more coming up. All right, Robbie Earl. Mm. Only one place to start. Um, <laughs> old money of English football Manchester United versus Arsenal. Mm. Man United found a way to win three goals to two. A game that had a little bit of everything. Wow. Good atmosphere at Old Trafford, Rob. Yep. Rolf Ranick, of course, the new manager, uh, interim. That's going to be in charge from tomorrow onwards. Was in the stands watching the game. Mm. Uh, let's, let's before we talk about him, let's go to the game, Rob. And yeah. uh, I don't know. Biggest, give me give me some kind of big picture thoughts of of the match in general.
2: Well, we had quite incredible goal that was scored that people weren't mm. sure what should have happened, what did happen, uh, but I think we got to the right result in in the end. I thought Martin Axon had a good game today, and VAR played its part. We'll talk about that goal in a moment. We'll talk about Arsenal. And I want to, I want to talk about them because we didn't get much time on the broadcast no. in terms of play, starting the game. I thought missed an opportunity to really push home their advantage when they were 1-0 up. United were a bit thrown out by the first goal. And I thought Arsenal allowed United back into the game. We have to talk Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, 800 goals, Robbie Musto. 800 and 801 goals for club and country. Staggering. Um, and we have to talk about Ralph Ranić coming in, Michael Carrick moving on, and mm. the football club's starting to go in a very different, maybe more serious direction. Mm. Um, so those are, those are my, my headlines, Rob. But what, what, part of me, what, what, what I thought was, and you said it, you know, two money clubs. These two used to be the best we had in the country. This used to be one and two, generally, you yeah. know, with, with two great managers. And, and they're, they're both a bit below where they, they want to get to. Both trying to get back in, in very different ways. I think there's hope for Manchester United. I think a 3-2 win tells you everything about United. These goals, these threats, but these things that need addressing. Um, and I think Ralph Ranić will sit there and know that. But I think there's enough to work with, Rob, for this Manchester United team. To look for a top four spot, hmm. that's got to be the aim right now.
1: Yeah, and uh, there is a lot to work with, a lot to take in from him as well, Rob. Given the way that he he tries to play is very different to what we saw from Manchester United tonight. Um, just just quick on the incidents, Rob. And I, I don't know whether we do need to, to clear clear up the first goal. I think I think most people kind hmm. of agreed that the goal should stand. Yeah. Um, Fred, it was who, who stepped on the foot of David de Gea, who goes to ground and rolls away from the play. The ball comes out and. Emil Smith Rowe hits it first time almost and hmm. he goes in the back of the net. And the referee, I think, looks up and thinks, well, goalkeeper's down, but before he can do anything, the, the ball's in the back of the net. In a normal situation, I think when a goalkeeper's down like that, you, the referee would blow the whistle and allow him to get treatment. Um so I think I think we brought, you know, again, like I think the consensus is that that's kind, yeah, of, kind, of, yeah. it's kind of fair play. Yeah. What we said is like from David De Hare's point of view, maybe he, he thought, Rob, that the referee would spot him. Yeah. But there was no imminent immediate danger by going and rolling around. That was his mistake. Yeah. Because, yeah, if the ball would have been placed somewhere else then somewhere else then flipped into the box, the referee would have blown the whistle and the play would have stopped. The game would have stopped. But it didn't. And it was a risk, I think, he took that was a, a bad decision where, really, Rob, he shouldn't, shouldn't he just... Just got just on with get it.
2: back up and, you know, yeah. even if you've got an injury, d- defend the ball that comes in, get a bit of treatment and we move on. But it was a goal that went behind and it set a tone and, and yeah. Arsenal started to look a little bit more comfortable in possession. Territory played a little bit better football. And I just thought at that time, I want to just bring in the, the Arsenal line. Well, I thought yeah. it was a day of learning for Arsenal today. I, I thought, you know, it's a young group who are coming together, have had a good run, um... I'll beat by Liverpool and, and will be disappointed to be, be beaten by Manchester United. But there's a number of players in, 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 in there who are growing into Arsenal players, growing into Premier League players, putting their careers together. And I just thought they missed an opportunity at 1-0. I thought individual errors. Tavares gets caught out of position to let United in on the second goal, I think, for Ronaldo. Uh, Odegaard... I mean, scored a goal to bring them level, then does a rash challenge on Fred, panics a little bit because Fred gets ahead of him. And those are things which, in a way, I was kind of saying to myself, you've got to go through that learning sometimes to, to, to figure it out. It's OK people saying we should do this or we should do that. But I think it's those kind of learnings, it's those kind of experiences that, that stand you in good stead for, for down the road. And, and there's, there's, there's enough good things still going on at Arsenal that Mikel Arteta can work with. But I thought a day of learning is important for young players as long as you know, you're not making those mistakes on a, on a regular basis.
1: What's good, Rob, that we can bring to our broadcasting and, and this mm. podcast is being in situations and playing against teams that, yeah. that have what this Arsenal team is going to have to try and get. And that's all we can do. We can think back about great sides and how mm. they get through difficult periods. Yeah. And I wrote down, actually, on my notes watching the game in the second half, Maybe lacked a bit of mentality, leadership, and experience. So, same stuff as what you're suggesting like the great teams, the teams that end up winning stuff, find ways through bad periods. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure you get two or three players in a game, particularly against the big boys, they've lost against all the big boys, really, uh, making mistakes. That can't happen again. Tavares yeah. has to learn quickly, Rob. I mean, yeah. he did uh, against
2: and, Liverpool, didn't he? Recently? Yeah.
1: Odegaard's yeah. got to learn not yeah. to get the wrong side and then slide in to make mm. a challenge that we're like, oh, that's going to be a penalty. Yeah. Now, whether it's leadership, whether it is a winning mentality, a steel, a durability that they need to go with some mm. talent and some silky play, and we know the manager wants to play that way, but that's something now that he's got to work on. Be consistent. Mm. Be tough. Like that's a. T- I mean, it's tough. Old yeah. Trafford away. When they're behind, they come roaring back at you out of desperation. Their game is always better. And it's just a yeah learning experience mm. and, and what they need. They're not anywhere near what they potentially could be with some of these young players. But that was just an example of yeah. sometimes you've got to roll your sleeves up, right, and, 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 and slide in and track runners and have a go at your teammates to stay in the game. Or you have to have the courage to take the ball and to say, mm. no, give me the ball. Come on, let's play. Let's play and get United. Like, like they did at the start, by the way. Arsenal yeah, started yeah. the game really yeah. well. But they scored it and they dropped off. And that's happened that's happened a few other times, Rob. I think I definitely remember saying on the podcast that they, they look great and then they kind of just switch off from the game. So, again, these little lessons yeah. that they need to learn um, and not huge issues, but a reason yeah. why they, they lost the game.
2: Yeah, and then sometimes you have to go through tough times come out the other side, and I think that is part of learning and, and you know you you're learning in the job you're not going to be pulled out of the side it's not one of those situations where you make a mistake you're out you make a mistake now you've got to learn and get better and I thought that that was um hopefully will be a pleasing thing for Arteta that his team all and going back to to, to manchester united robin and and, and publicblo who was was hosting the show today i thought he came up with it with um an interesting suggestion when he he, he sort of asked us both off air, you know to if a manager's sitting up there, uh, the new guy's coming in, and we knew Ralph Raniuk, we'd had pictures of it, that he was there, he was watching the game, Would does that affect your performance in any way? Because he said, you know, if one of our bosses at work was in, mm. would you start thinking about it? And, and I thought that was, that was quite an interesting point, because, you know, I'm sure if, if you knew the bosses in the building, if, if I was playing in, in Ralph Raniuk's air, I'm going to be, busting a gut, Rob, to make sure that this guy thinks, I need Earl in my team. Earl gives me something. Earl drives on. Earl follows runners. So, I think it was a little bit like, you know, one one or two were on show for the manager to show what they can do. And um, I thought one or two showed up well, really. And I think there'll be things that he certainly can work with. But obviously, there's certainly things that I think he'll he'll want to um, work on with this team because, again, the press at times isn't that coordinated. They're comfort in possession sometimes isn't as, as, as good as you'd like for a team as technically good as United could be. Um, but there is moments, they've got a great goal scorer, um, they've got a bit of shape, and, and at times every now and then it's, it clicks and you start thinking, well oh, that's better. That's how it could look on a more regular basis.
1: I think it's pretty obvious that between Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo, as a 9 and a 10, mm. super talented players, got the goals today. Made it happen. I think there was bonuses in Alex Tellez and, uh, and Diego Dalot as well, to be fair, Rob, the fullbacks that aren't yeah. the normal fullbacks, backs well, They did mm. pretty well. Um, I'll tell you where I, th- I was disappointed today. I've been disappointed for a little while now, and it's such a critical part of the team. Marcus Rashford and Jadon Sancho-Robille, the wide forwards of Man United, yeah, are not giving what, you would expect from a top club and so-called, you know, top players when you consider some of the other attacking wide forwards in the other clubs and what they do consistently. Rashford and Sancho is, whether it's going to be those two in the wide areas or Ralph Ragnick, is is almost the first... I mean, there's a ton of things to do, but getting those two more involved, more productive, more consistently involved in the game has got to be a, a, a really important part of the new manager role because those two flashes but not enough.
2: Well, they were the threat at Chelsea as we did We did a breakdown today and we talked about on the counter counter Moments, yeah. They are moments. But I actually think, and and I don't disagree with your point, but I actually think the structure of the team and being in better starting positions when we have the ball will help them. The moment, I see them sometimes wandering around and chasing and they're a bit all over the place, Rob. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of feel like once it's a bit more settled and they've got a good starting position and, you know, if you if you're trying to say you know if you think of a Mo Salah Mo generally is in the top half of the pitch he'll do his closing down and whatever in the in the last third but he isn't necessarily running back that far and I'm not gonna, and I'm not saying Rashford or Sancho is a Mo Salah not that goal creation but I always think with wide players if you get good starting positions good positions where you know where you have got to be defending you know those roles do enough help your game give you a little bit of right this is where I need to be. OK, when we win the ball, I'm on the front foot and I'm, I'm going at somebody. And I think mm. some of that will help the structure, will help those those players who have got individual talent, who can be match winners. At the moment, I just feel a bit all over the place. They haven't got a, a, a designated role.
1: Mm. Just going back to Cristiano Ronaldo, Rob, and, and I think we have to just take a breath and, and think about what this player has done. Mm. 801 goals is is. Insanity, Rob. Good clubs, big clubs, big games, big competitions, national team. I mean, Rob. Uh, eight, I mean, I'd even play that. I, that's yeah, way more game, goals yeah. than I even play. I mean, it, a, a sign of the man that is still as hungry and as sharp and as, as loving scoring goals now than his first goal. I'm sure way back at the start of his career. I mean, it's
2: a, it's an astonishing achievement, Rob, isn't it? It is, and, and we, we take things for granted. And people, you know, there was people at the start of the season when the signing was, oh, he's going to hold United back. Oh, it's not good news for United. There's nothing bad, and I say that, there's nothing bad about Cristiano Ronaldo being at Manchester United. Nothing bad whatsoever. I mean, his, his goals alone, but his influence, his hunger, his desire, the way he looks after himself, the way he carries himself. Michael Carrick talked about it, even when he was dropped. He did. He, he responded in the in the right way. Uh, you say it, it's incredible the the number of goals. It's incredible the quality of goals, and I think a coach like Ralph Ranić coming in in the next six months will find the best way to get continue to get the best out mm. of Ronaldo. Absolutely, mm. he will be part of the plans going forward.
1: Well, this is going to be a very awkward transition, Robbie Earl, to my underappreciated performer who. Kind of the other end of the scale in terms of superstar talent and, and uh, appreciation in the game. But I thought Fred, I thought Fred, and, and and I'm not his biggest fan, but I'll always give a player credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a sneaky good game, Robbie Earl, with a way that he affected the game. OK, he stepped on his goalkeeper's foot. <laughs> that was not a great start to so injure a goalkeeper and then they concede mm-hmm. a goal. But he came back into a game. Yes, he gave some long passes away. That, that frustrates me, and he should be better than that. But his, his, his mentality to keep going, to making those runs into the box. He got the assist for Bruno Fernandes' his first goal. He then makes another run where he forces a penalty kick. There's various times where he got back, and I remember a sliding challenge to a shot late on where Arsenal had an opportunity in the inside right position. Fred, for all the stick that he gets from all quarters, by the way, all quarters, under that pressure at that stadium, a home game like that, still pops up with an important performance that affected affected the result of the game. He's not a Cristiano Ronaldo, and that's why it's kind of a... In all, and and I, Listen, we'd all give it Ronaldo, but he's, he's uber-appreciated, and rightly so. But this is underappreciated, and and yet, maybe I don't a lot of the time appreciate fully Fred, mm-hmm. but I thought today, a, a, a very effective little game in the midfield for a player that's been under a ton of pressure. So I'm giving it to Fred this he's midweek.
2: And that's a very good shout, my friend. Because actually, he, I watched the game back against Chelsea uh, the weekend. He was very good there, and he was nicking balls and he was starting things up. I think mean, I once said every team needs a Fred, Robbie Musgrove, yeah. and, and Manchester, yeah. Manchester United have got one for all the Rinaldos and Brunos and Rashfords and Sancho's. Somebody's got to do some work in there to win the ball back, to follow runners and do, track and, and do stuff. And you're right, he, he, he doesn't often get the headlines. Certainly, won't be winning too many men in the matches, but. Out did you, did just, let me
1: just Let me just have one more point on that. You know, sometimes you, you fall victim of your teammate or your team. Mm. Fred is with McTominay and they're kind of similar. They're not glamorous. They're no. not top-end central midfield players. <laughs> if Fred, right, just as an example, if Fred played with a a fully flipping zoned-in poor Pogba where Pogba's mm. doing all the running and Fred's making the, making the interceptions and tackling, and knocking the ball, he'd get a ton more recognition. But because... It's what they call him, McFlippin, what they call him? McFred. 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 You know, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a, I don't know. I'm just saying in a different situation, he wouldn't be kind of sometimes ridiculed uh, unfairly on him, if he played with somebody else who was a star player and his role was much more appreciated, anyway.
2: Okay, my um, friend, you know, enough, enough for one episode. Let's move on to the Merseyside Derby because, uh, hang on a minute, <laughs>
1: should, we, should we just give a tiny bit of love for Michael Carrick? Oh, yeah,
2: go, yeah, job. yeah, good shout Now,
1: If a player that yeah. we played, we both played against, yeah. really good midfield player, um, did a great job for Manchester United, won a bunch of titles and stuff like that, and to be fair, has been on the coaching road for a little yeah. while now.
2: Fifteen uh, years at the football club. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you are you just are you surprised he did this today? I, mean, we, we I did, was surprised. Did, did, yeah, he, he said
2: in the interview that we, we saw after, and, and the players said that it was his decision. He wanted to step aside, which is is, is very much tells you about the man that he, he he puts the football club first and thinks it's better that maybe he doesn't have an opinion on things and that Ralph Ranick comes in and sees it with his own eyes. And and I think that that's a brave and honourable thing to do. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him stay, Rob. I would have liked to yeah. see seen him learn for six months under somebody who's one, supposedly one of the best operators out yeah. there, who's worked with Klopp and the yeah. and some of the best. Yeah. I just think that might be an opportunity that he misses mm. wherever he's going to end up in his career. But he, I think he, he feels, that, I think there seemed to be a loyalty to Oli and, and that regime. And he felt as though it was the right thing to do. Now, mm. time will tell whether whether that's, that seems to be the thing.
1: Mm. Absolutely right. And, um, and we'll see whether he ends up regretting it. He also said he wanted to spend time with his family. I yeah. think it's difficult when you finish playing and you get straight back into that world and you're away yeah. at weekends again for the wife and the kids. It's not yeah. ideal. So I I understand that. But hopefully he'll come, he'll come back mm. at some point. Yeah,
2: we'll, I like we'll, we'll what I've seen. I think there's, there's, a, there's a manager in there if, if he wants yeah. to go down that route.
0: Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll wait and see. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?
2: much ante- anticipated game. I think there was a little worry from the Everton fans if, if Liverpool really opened up on them. There was a little bit of bad blood still circulating from mm. the game last season with the Van Dyke um, injury due to the Pickford tackle. And Jurgen Klopp, Rob, we, we have to say probably the first thing in there. He he put it out there, didn't he? We we, we saw uh, before the game interview, and he put it out there that you know he, he thought there was some, in his words, dirty challenges that that weren't. Um, that weren't looked at by the referee and that's the reason that he, he, his players got injured and possibly mm. played its part in, in, in Liverpool's up topsy-turvy season last year. So, everything was sort of to play for and in the end, Liverpool just showed, I thought, their class and their, their maturity in possible difficult circumstances away from home. Liverpool, what you said about... Arsenal, you know, getting through difficult times and difficult places. Liverpool have got... Liverpool can handle mm, Europe yeah. Europe and domestically. They mm. can handle being under stress, being under pressure, difficult moments and come through with with aplomb and goals to spare from all over the front line.
1: I mean, I, I think it's probably the most dominant Merseyside derby in terms of Liverpool, Rob, that I think I've seen for a long time. I mean, I mean, Everton tried their very best. And there was a moment when they get the goal back to 2-1 where they had a little rally up and the fans were great. It could as good as some park and try to get behind the team. But, of course, they go in for half-time and we're like, that's great. And, and, and Rafa needed that a little bit. But I still think there's a strong sense of this Liverpool team. I mean, some of the football they played, Rob, and some of the goals, some of the finishes, Mo Salah's finish at pace. Well, he has to open himself up and redirect the ball and find a little angle around him running at pace is amazing. Jordan Henderson's goal as well bent with his left foot into the into the corner was stunning. Their football going forward now is so far ahead of the others. It's scary. It really is scary Rob the way that they are creating the actual individuals that are at peak level. Diogo Jota again I, what a what a signing that is and what a player that could score so many goals for this club over a period of years. And 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 that was the main story. Liverpool stunningly good. Everton had a little bit of hope, Rob, with that goal. But again, yeah, in the yeah. second half, uh, Salah takes over. Jota gets involved. And it's just an attacking quality that I think is quite rare, Rob, isn't it? Like, yeah, you get from from Man City. Yeah. You know, even in the past, I mean, that the front line of uh, Sturridge and Luis Suarez, Suarez and Ryan yeah, Sterling. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and looking back to other front lines that have been brilliant, um, of course, the, set, the way the City play at times with Aguero yeah. and De Bruyne, yeah. but this there's a, there a bit of job with
2: Robin on the Chelsea days. You know? Yeah, with mean, Robin, maybe Joe Cole or a, a good, good Johnson, that kind yeah. of thing. Where threats come from all different players; they've all got a different profile. They all can hurt you in their own way. Yeah. You think you have got, you know, you, you plug Bobby Firmino into that as well, Rob, so that you know. What Jota gives is is a great versatility that he can play in a number of those spots. So if somebody needs right. a rest, if somebody's off form, somebody gets injured or suspended or whatever, it's it's light for light quality, and he yeah, brings. So it in means
1: league. two, doesn't it? It means they can yeah. they can have they have to get two injured players mm. before they put out a slightly weakened front three because of Jota's abilities of playing different spots. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, you think about it, in midfield as well, they've got cover in midfield. Tiago, I thought the midfield three, Rob, I think I said it on the show, Yeah, you, you know, it's kind of familiar now. And Jordan's mm-hmm. runs to the right and Thiago getting on the ball and Fabinho doing his role. I think there's a, a little understanding now that they're developing with the reps that, again, is, a, is, is, is good because Thiago's, what he brings is very different to the other two players. Now, the protection might not be as strong and that's something Liverpool have to be a little bit careful of, but the three of them... Doing different things, by the way, absolutely different things worked well together and will continue to work well together as long as I guess Thiago can stay stay healthy.
2: I and mean, just on that point, my friend, you lead me very nicely into my underappreciated performer of the week. And a bit like Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United, you would think Mo Salah or Jogo Jota maybe gets the headlines, but I'm going for my good old buddy.
1: Oh, not again, my
2: good old buddy. Captain oh. Jordan Henderson, my friend.
1: How many times have you... You must have had him 25 He's, times underappreciated. And he will continue to be him.
2: underappreciated as long as... And we did a little breakdown, Rob, and, and, and sometimes we get a chance to get things on air um, if we can. And we, we, we often, you know, always asking our VT, can you put this together? And we, we had a shot of Jordan Henderson before the game. Like, mm. focused, concentrated. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp would talk about emotional control, and they didn't want his players to lose that and get caught up in physical fights. But Jordan Henderson led the way. We we see him down that right hand side, Rob, almost showing a little bit more creativity than we've seen in the past, playing nice balls. And we saw the finish for the first goal that sets up the game, yeah, the brilliant, left brilliant. foot finish. We see him now and then barking orders to one or two whose standards might just drop. I I just feel he's the epitome of what Jurgen Klopp wants in a captain and the way his team plays. And I go back to a, a, a question that I think I asked you a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know if, if it was on the potty or, or just, I think we're in student. I said, is Jordan Henderson and Liverpool great? Is he in with those greats? Because Liverpool have had some great, great players and, and, and Gerrard and, and Dalglish and Rush and Souness are in there. Is Jordan Henderson... Starting to be, is Jordan Dennison at least in the conversation for Liverpool great? And and that is a very very high end exclusive group. It is a
1: very high end exclusive group, and I would say he's in the conversation, Rob. Yeah, I mean it's such a it's such a, a difficult group to get into. Mm. Um You know, if he can if he can play like he's playing now, and he can lift another Premier League title or a, or a Champions League title, if he's lifting that trophy, he's in mm. because it's just too much too much good stuff and. Uh, and he's driving the team forward too much. It's just like that. It's such a hard question. Would you would you put him in as a Liverpool great right now, or does he oh, need yeah. a little bit more? Or, or?
2: I think I would. He, he, he delivered the title, or helped be part of the captain that delivered the title for yeah. 30 years. He's yeah. won a Champions League, the tournament that they think. Yeah. He continues to keep playing from, from a guy who... Remember back in the day, Rob, when he signed from Sunderland and people were sort of saying, oh, is what it, is this? It, 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 yeah, you know, I think Sir Alex Fugham talked about his running gate. So, listen, it's yeah. a great conversation and one for another day. But Jordan Henderson certainly uh, my underappreciated performer and continues to be a big, big part of what Liverpool do. Just before we move on on this one, mate, because there's, there's a little bit of pressure maybe starting to turn on, on on Rafa. No wins in the last eight Premier League matches. Um little bit of concern, obviously, being an ex-Liverpool manager, that was always going to come up. But we, I think we both believe, A, he should be given more time and, B, that he will be given time. But yeah, there are some problems at Everton, Rob, that go deeper than maybe just Rafa sitting at the side. It looks to me like, in the past, mistakes in the past are starting to hurt them now.
1: That's right, because they have spent a lot of money over recent mm-hmm. seasons mm-hmm. and, and fired Mashiri in at the club. I think he he always wanted to do that and he he put a lot of trust in his staff. Marcel Brands, and I think we all agree that it's good to have a fairly high-profile, obvious director of football Mm. as as takes control of that money for the most part. um, With his obvious backroom staff and the recruitment team, but I think when you look at—I've lost my list now—but when you when you look at some of the players that have come into the football club yeah. for kind of they spent a couple of seasons ago, there's kind of like a lot of thirty million dollar players, mm. uh, Alex Awobi, Moise Keane, Alan me uh, like was around th- uh, thirty yeah. million. You had the wages and you had the the flamboyance of James Rodriguez, yeah. that's trusted, and maybe that's to do with um, Carlo Ancelotti. But you know, a lot of money spent on players that haven't really done it, and this summer was a warning for me. Is like, we can't keep doing that because of financial fair play. We've got to find the finances to make a build a new stadium, which would be fantastic. And when you're only spending two million bucks and you're bringing in Salomon Rondon and, and Andrews Townsend, and Townsend's done great, by the way, Yeah, but he's, he wasn't wanted at Crystal Palace, then it's like, wow, Everton are having to pull the belts in. And Rafa Benitez is, is the guy that's got to try and get a tune from them all. When everybody's fit, which they will be in the next couple of weeks, we understand from actually from Mishiri today, Uh, then they're going to improve. But right now, it's a tough job. And I'm not blaming Rafa Benitez right Mm. now for where they're at. They were mid-table the last two seasons, I think 10th season before that, 12th. So it's been no great shakes. And it's Mm. not a great squad of players to work with. But maybe he'll get some help in January. He'll get his best players back. And maybe they'll edge back to that area. I just you just worry you look over your shoulder, Rob, and they're like, yeah, five relegation zone. So you no, know,
2: that I means the owners get a bit a bit twitchy if, if that gap yeah. starts to close. And and you're right. I, I think there's many things you look at. I did a little research. I was just thinking about the time that Jurgen Klopp. I think set, nearly seven years now Jurgen Klopp's been in charge of Liverpool. Everton have had six managers in that time: Martinez, yeah. Kuman, Allardyce, Silver. Angelotti, Rafa Benitez. And you've got bits of players from all those times, and some unhappy, and some it just feels so, but it's not like somebody's got to be given some time to address the, the squad to balance it out and start putting something together. But, but
1: also, Rob, let me interrupt there. Just Marcel Brands. Like he's been the he's been the common mm. for, for a lot of them, Rob. Yeah. And he's been the you know, that's the whole point of having director of football. Correct. That this guy's trusted to bring in players that suit the football club and will suit <laughs> the next few managers. Now, when those players don't work out and different managers have tried with mm. those players, then, yeah. well, hang on so a minute. Um, um, yeah. those, mm. Well, who was it? Yeah. So yeah. he should be under as much pressure as yeah. anybody else, particularly if Mishiri in the future wants to spend more money. Does he trust yeah. Marcel Brands again with it? I don't know. And, that, and mm. that's why that position is accountable like the head coach is, because yeah. it's pretty important stuff that he's trying to do to make this, this club much
2: better. Yep, work to do for Rafa. Hopefully you get uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who believes closer to fitness. Jeremy Mina, closer to fitness. Something like he's best 11 out there and they can be more
0: competitive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: Let's move it to um, Villa Park. Aston Villa um, took on Manchester City, the return of Jack Grealish, amongst other things. Stephen Gerrard, two wins in two in his first two Premier League games. Probably thought this Premier League was pretty easy. (laughs) Came up against one of the better teams, um, but still were competitive. Not only Watkins made it a, a more interesting uh, game and he got the goal back for, for Villa that made it two one. But City football in, in the end found a way. I mean, the Bernardo Silver finish, mate, was Ooh. right up there with it'll be will be in there as one of the goals of the season. It's so a mm. brilliant finish.
1: And and um in days like this, no one's talking about strikers, Robin. Yeah, and you yep. know, like, your belief all the way through this mm. has been that Pep Guardiola will find a way. Yeah. To get people in the box, and we certainly have seen that in the last couple of matches where there's been like four players in the six-yard box for a tap-in. That he will find a way. Whoever plays, whoever it is, if it's a Gundogan, probably not going to get 13 goals, but it might be Bernardo Silva. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a Raheem Serling, a Riyad Mares, a Gabriel. It will spread the goals around. And this yeah. is a very, another very good victory. First, kind of weird goal, wasn't it? Uh, Ruben Diaz with a with a yeah, yeah. weird, awkward-looking shot that found its way in. And then the volley from Bernardo Silva was a stunning goal. So they keep doing it, and the football is so almost automatic now that they could. I mean, they could, they're on a run now. I mean, they could, they could totally go on a run yeah. and lose hardly anything. This time last year, wasn't it? They
2: went on that twenty odd game run and, yeah. and pretty much wrapped it up. And as you say, it looks like City uh, can do that do that kind of thing again. Hmm. Steven Gerrard will, will at least be pleased that his team were competitive. I think late on, that uh, Edison had to come up with a decent save. To yep. stop Villa, maybe getting an equaliser in that game. So I'm sure it's the kind of game that, that Stevie G knew that you know they're going to have to do well to get anything out of. But again, they are shown competitive. I think there's a bit of structure. You can start to see his influence on the game. Let's just talk a little bit about Jack Grealish. I wanted, to, I wanted to
1: talk about that. Yeah, I wanted to talk yeah. about that.
2: Um, Jack Grealish was sub for Manchester City. Came on in in the second half uh, for City at Villa. And a mixture, I'm not going to say he was totally booed, but a mixture of, of, of some cheers, some boos, Rob, as Jack Grealish came on. Were you, were you kind of okay with that?
1: Not really. No. I mean, of course, fans fans have got – I mean, they pay their money. They can do yeah. whatever they want. right? Yeah. We, well, that's, that's a given, of course. Yeah. Um, I was surprised, Rob. Given is obvious, obvious love for the football club. And when somebody comes in at $139 million and you got a chance to go to and work for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City, and I know it's tough for the Villa fans to accept it, but surely they understand that a you know a, a local lad, I think he's been at the academy since he's six years yeah. old, he obviously loves the club. He's telling you the day how he's left the club wow. in the dressing room with tears in his eyes when he said he had to make a decision to leave the club. Um so I just I just I thought it'd be the other way. I thought yeah. it'd be like he'd yeah. be getting it, plenty of appreciation yeah. what he's done. Um, so that's why I think us and lots of other pundits and former players on radio shows and podcasts and TV broadcasts are really surprised with this reaction. Um, they're a giant of a club, Aston Villa. We know that. We know what they've won in European football and English football. Tons of titles, tons of titles, Aston Villa. So I get that. And, and they sort of said, oh, you know, you've left a, you've left a big club to go to Manchester City. Um, I, I was still surprised, mate. I was still surprised. Yeah, and, and and he hasn't found it easy jumping from Villa no, no. to Man City. He doesn't get as much ball. It's not. isn't quite so important and key, mm-hmm. so everybody feeds him the ball at Villa. That's not the case at City. Mm-hmm. He's got to pop in and, and fill in his little spot and do his thing when he gets opportunities. That, he said, is is what he's found difficult. But mm-hmm. but no. What about you, Rob? What do you, yeah, you, you think? I, I,
2: I was disappointed. And let me tell you why what I, what I was disappointed. Not least because, like you say, he, he's been in the academy. He's worked his way through. He got a, a big transfer fee for the football club that they can go and reinvest. But it wasn't like a Harry Kane situation. Like, oh, I'm not happy, contractor there. Aston Villa had put a clause in his contract. To the value of money that they were accepting, Manchester City did the right thing, paid that money. So everything was above board. It wasn't one of them uh, down tools I want right. to go to see. No, I which know. I would have understood then if the Villa fans go, hold oh, on a I minute, mean, Jack, you know, you've yeah. been... But he did everything the right way and and still loves the football club. I believe he said his family still got uh, Villa season tickets. I was a little bit disappointed. I was a little bit disappointed in the Villa fans. And I hope that it might be just first-time reaction. Maybe the next time he goes there, there'll be a bit more appreciation for what he did at at the football club. Because, um, you know, of course, he was a hero to many at Villa Park and, and he's moved on. And, you know, he 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 leaves the club in 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 a I thought in in, in an honourable way. So yeah, disappointed.
1: question for you: one one word answer. Worst fan reaction: Brighton drawing <laughs> drawing against Leeds United, and get and, and Harry and uh, Graham Potter getting booed, or Jack Grealish getting booed. What was the worst fan reaction out of those two?
2: Jack Grealish getting booed. Mm. Jack Grealish getting booed. That's a long time at a football club where you've given everything and been the guy. So, yeah, for me, uh, the Jack Grealish one just just about sees it. Okay, Let's go to Watford. Uh, Watford, Chelsea. For a long period in this game, it was 1-1. But we have to say, actually, um, during this game, Rob, there was uh, another emergency, wasn't there, with a a fan in in the stadium. And, Mm. fortunately, the players, uh, I think it was one of the players, actually, let the referee know, a bit similar to the situation we saw at Newcastle and, and Tottenham. Uh, fortunately, the medical staff were there. They were able to deal with it. The play, the game was, the match was suspended for a time. And I believe we're hearing that there's, there's relative news that the, the person in, involved mm-hmm. is doing reasonably well. Stabilised, I mean, yeah. Yeah, in these yeah, circumstances. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, unfortunate circumstances in which the game went. But um, Chelsea got the win in the end. It was important to them. Um, it looked as though it was going to go 1-1 for a while and Ziyech came on and, and ended up getting the winner. Um, what do we take from Chelsea on, on this one, Rob? Um, consistency, is, is there a little bit of a thought? Maybe they need to sort out that front line and get a little bit of, of rhythm and, and kind of consistent flow in, in those front yeah. three? Or is, is, is swapping it about maybe what they're going to do all season?
1: I think they probably will, Rob. My main thoughts of this game was... When I saw the Chelsea lineup, I'm like, oh, this could be a problem for Chelsea because a lot of reliables, leaders, consistent performers were on the bench. Like you can't play everybody uh, every single match, Rob. And I, you know, look at the bench. There's Jorginho on the bench, Chagas Silva on the bench, Lukaku on the bench. You know Hudson Odoi's been good recently. Hakim Ziyech who came on and won the game for them. Uh, Timo Werner hasn't been that important for them this mm. season, but still, like important players out and rested. Yeah. Uh, and out-injured or whatever with N'Golo Kante as well. So I thought it was a tough one. It was a tough one for them. Tuchel said that they were lucky to get the three points. Um, yeah. But it does go back to their squad. And Mason Mount fit again now, almost scored early on when he hits the post. Yeah. He gets his goal uh, a little later. Hakim Ziyech off the bench. Of course, Pulisic started the game uh, Kai Havertz as well. Havertz hasn't really done it, yet, has he? Kai Havertz no, has, still hasn't quite. really done it. Yeah. It's like Timo Werner. There's been flashes, mm. um, but still, amongst the amount of talent they've got up there, they're getting the job done. I thought this was a really important three points for them. Yeah, because some of those players took, got a bit of a break, allow others to get back fit again. Um, but yeah, that, they're in that kind of run at the moment where they're, they're pretty, they're pretty consistent and pretty solid. This one was a tricky one, but they got through it.
2: I kind of feel like it'd be good to get Big Ron back in the team, back yeah. central and like, you know, yeah. get that piece in place and then work out what's playing underneath him. Almost feels like, you know, he, he's been out and then he's been waiting, he's been on the bench. Just feel, I don't know if it'll be against West Ham this week, whether they'll throw them in or, or next week or two, but certainly like, I feel like he could get back to leading yeah. that front Fresh, line. It
1: freshens and, up, Rob, doesn't it? It freshens yeah. up the front line Although a he bit. wasn't in
2: great goal-scoring form, was he? Just no. got the injury, but... You yeah. know, it's a fresh start, re-kicks it again, and I just think he does give them something different in that front line. You know, as much as Pulisic, as much as Habits, as much as Verna have, have done a job up there, it just looks different, feels different when he when he's around.
1: Also, a benefit from the rest, Rob. Yeah, yeah he's injured. I get that, but he's resting. Mm. He's have those few weeks to rest and recuperate. He's had a busy summer like everybody else. I think there was talk about him being feeling a little tired mm. over the last couple of months. So the rest with that injury back in a training. Obviously, about ready to play again. I think we're doing good. I think I think it's a good time for him to come back and, and make an immediate impact.
2: Yeah, possibly against West Ham this weekend. Big game there at the yeah. London Stadium. The kick kickoff on Saturday. Just before we move on, Rob, I just want to ask you. And obviously, because of him being American, and uh, I sat down with him last week and I did an inside the mind with Christian Pulisic, um, and, and he, he opened up a little bit, sort of to you know give me a little few insights into where he is. And I was talking about where he prefers to play and getting minutes, and he said he's in decent shape now, we just need to get a consistent run of games. He started this game, Rob, um, maybe wasn't the best performance he's had in in the blue of Chelsea, but has he got to start delivering goals and assists to stay in this team if he's going to be one of those three places? And he said he doesn't mind any of those three that he plays. He even said he he wouldn't mind playing on the right if he has to. But it actually. I kind of feel as though with the quality that they have and the potential of other players to force the manager's hand to stay in the team, he's got he's got to get the goals and assists. So or else I, I fear he's going to be a super sub.
1: Yes, I agree, Rob. I think at this particular moment in time with the forwards uh, that are there, he has to persuade or convince Thomas Tuchel that he's more than a super sub. Because when he does come on, he looks a million bucks. He's sharp, he's quick, he gets by people really, really quickly but when he has starts, then he doesn't seem to have the same threat or continued threat. Now again, it's a little unfair, he's had a period of time out of the game, he is an incredibly talented footballer and for most of the teams he's going to be doing his thing regularly in a regular spot but this club is different, it's a a very, very high level and lots of attacking players at the club so finding ways to be consistently affecting the game. I think I've said it a a, a lot about Christian Pulisic. We know he's capable of amazing moments. He's got to persuade or convince his manager that he deserves to be one of the first guys out there, one of the first guys in that front three Mm. because of his consistent productivity. And that, you know, he's had a couple of starts recently and, you know, he's been okay. Um, It's not easy. But but it, that's got to be the challenge with him. is a is a mental thing to to be consistent, and that's not easy at club like Chelsea. Yeah. But 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 it's true. He's got to he's got to do that. Else he'll be rotated in and out, like you know, like all the others. To be fair, I mean, there's not really anybody set in stone. robbing those front three. Lukaku no. probably, if he's fit and and healthy, he'll probably be the number nine. But the two number tens behind. I mean, Mount, I guess, probably would be the the most mm. solid in there. And the other, the other place really is up for grabs with the other players they've got.
2: The last game we want to uh, just dive in on, mate, is Tottenham at home to Brentford. Uh, Tottenham 2-Brentford 0. Uh, another three points for Antonio Conte. He wasn't maybe as, as comfortable as he would like, but they got the job done. Uh, from Tottenham's point of view... Three points, uh, own goal. I think Kanyos with the first, and then the uh, young son, lovely mm. finish, uh give and go, and he runs half the length of the pitch to to, to tap home. Um, positives for for Spurs, another three points, climbing the table. I think that's is that them in sixth, twenty two points, right on the uh, right on the, the the shirt tails of, of, of the top four now. Spurs, so the only disappointment, Rob, and again um in our highlights package, I, I did it a couple of times. Harry Kane. One goal, one assist. that came in a Newcastle game early in the season. Can't yeah. seem to get his Premier yeah. League goals flowing at all.
1: Was he 23 goals last year? 23 and 14 goals, at, 14 assists. 14 assists last season. So, that, that's, uh, that's kind of mystifying a little bit to have that much of a drop-off. Mm. But Scoring uh, goals
2: internationally as well, isn't he? You know, he goes uh, away and gets seven goals in two games. You think, oh, he's going to kickstart yeah. again. It hasn't happened. No,
1: nah, but the, I, I think it will. I think mm. it will get back to regular scoring. Um, again, like they're they're scrapping their way through. Their game of Burnley, of course, the weekend was postponed. They have to play Burnley in the matchup the, in the uh, makeup game. Yeah. If they win that game, Robbie, they go to fourth. Same games played as everybody else. They go to fourth. Spurs, mm. who himself said, you know, our level, <laughs> we have, we're not at a high level right now, yeah. but they're still finding ways, and and they have got some good players there, good attacking players. And we know that Antonio Conte will will create a foundation to this team to improve. He said it. He doesn't want the up and the down. He wants a stable base, which he'll be working on every day in training now, probably yeah. to the end of the season. Um, so they're in a good spot. I saw the goal. His regular on got forward from wing back. He crossed the ball over to hyomin Son for that second goal. I mean, I, I I think we we gotta we gotta carefully watch the steady progress yeah. of a man that knows how to win and knows how to coach a team. That aren't at their best, nowhere near their best, and there will be new players coming in. And this team is nowhere near mm. the finish article that he wants to see, Antonio Conte. But they win the game in hand against yeah. Burnley. who are the third worst team in the league right now, and they're in fourth spot above Arsenal and Spurs. So, all to play for for that fourth spot. Spurs will be there or thereabouts. I I, I really think that.
2: And, and I think what one part of, of his makeup that doesn't get enough credit is his man management, Rob, because. Right now, he's working with a group, and I think he probably, in the privacy of his own office with his close staff, will be thinking, half of these are not really my type. Half of these are not really who I want to go forward with. But he's got a way of keeping players on side, players committed to work for him. Like you say, he brings that organisation and a winning kind of spirit in the dressing room, and things continue. But I I look at some of those players who who were with him, Rob, and I'm thinking... In twelve months' time, I don't think they'll be at Tottenham if Antonio Conte's at Tottenham. Yeah. But he does a good job of, of not shutting the door on anybody, yeah. not yeah. putting somebody and, out And the making door them so. better.
1: Making yeah. them better through teamwork and through yeah. organization and shape. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So um exciting times for, for Tottenham, maybe to look ahead with Antonio Conte. Just some of the results, mate, rounding up. Uh West Ham won Brighton one. West Ham got the lead to Suchet. Brighton um, late equaliser through Neil Mopey, his first goal for a long while. Uh, lovely overhead kick, got Brighton back into the game. So, he'd have got cheered for that, I'm sure, Graham Potter wouldn't have got booed for that one, would oh he? God. Newcastle won Norwich one. This was the, the interesting game, my friend, because I, I, I was watching the game and you were doing the broadcast and then, what was it, like 10 minutes on the clock, um, Kieran Clark makes a mistake and then grabs took oh, back and, and Newcastle car, down yeah. to 10 men after, after 10 minutes and you, you saw Eddie Howe's faces it to say oh no here we go here we mm-hmm.
1: go yeah there's six points to drift Rob Newcastle yeah, no mean, it's, kind of, in 14. it's kind of unthinkable to, to consider that they, they've got an incredible scrap just to stay in the division Burnley
2: um, at the weekend my friend oh blimey is it is it
1: is that at St James's it's yeah it St. is St
2: James's Park at uh, home um, that's it if that's in three <laughs> points, I'm telling you, fifteen games, no wins. Nobody's ever stayed up from that position. Nobody's yeah, and, uh, and they got
1: they after that game, Rob. They got rot. They got a rotten run of yeah. all the big boys. They're six points adrift right now on the on the you know the pre- precipice of difficult matches. You know the old the old bottom of Christmas. You know they're, they're they're likely to be bottom of Christmas, and we know that's tough to recover from.
2: You threw a question at me about what what's worse. Will, will Eddie Howe be there at the end of the season, my friend? Will Will, will Newcastle what they going to do? What are
1: they going think... to? What are they going to? Gonna...
2: I'm, I'm, I'm asking the question. I'm questions. saying yes. I'm saying do yes. You. you think he'll be there? He'll be there. You don't been... think Newcastle will go? This hasn't worked. Eddie, off you pop. Well, they,
1: they 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 might later into yeah, yeah <laughs> that's
2: a question. Mate. The I, the I, I but
1: I, I'm saying no. I'm oh. saying it. There is a little
2: bit of mm. a little I'm, bit of I'm, improvement. I'm with you. I mean, listen, oh, yeah. put. Two or three games together, win two and a draw, they can go on a run. And it, it, it could yeah. look a little bit different, but yeah, I mean they've got to got to start happening soon, though. For Newcastle, uh, Southampton two, Leicester two. Um, Penham Rodgers' team looking a little bit more like themselves, getting goals, but we disappointed in uh, allowing Southampton to to uh, get back into the game. And Wolves nil, Burnley nil. Wolves had the, probably the better of the play in that one, Burnley. Still can't quite get their rhythm going. Another draw for them down at, at the bottom of the table. So, they're sort of... Big, big
1: one for Leeds. Team. Did you mention Leeds? Big win for oh, Leeds. Oh, we
2: didn't go... Oh, that was the last yeah. one. Leeds won, Palace No on it. Late on, yeah. Good show.
1: Cool, yeah. They, they, they're scrapping away a little bit. Mm. And the, the fans are right behind them at Ellen Road. And it was a massive game. And... Uh...
2: Penalty yeah, kick, just, wasn't it? It was a penalty. VAR, wasn't it? Goyi put his hand up as his oh, goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. It was, a, it was, it was, a, it was that the right call, cool, wasn't it? It was the right, was right cool. the yeah. call. Yeah. VAR got onto it. in my So, that, that, that gives a Leeds
1: a little... I think Bielsa said that Leeds United now can breathe a little bit. I, You know, it gives yeah. them a little bit of... Uh, they're up to 15 points. So, big win for
2: Leeds. And I think they will improve. Bamford, of course, to come back for them. Okay, my friend, we're nearly fifty minutes in on our midweek podcast uh, on Match Week 14. Uh, good day for the big teams: Manchester United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea. And Spurs all got victories, and on a day when Michael Carrick ended his 15-year association with Manchester United, we look forward to the Ralph Ranick era that starts at Crystal Palace or against Crystal Palace on Sunday. We will be back on that Sunday, December the fifth. We'll recap all of Match Week 15. West Ham host Chelsea in the big game. Early on Saturday, Villa take on Leicester. So Stevie G against Brendan Rodgers. That's an interesting one. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe and stay healthy. It's a good night from me.
1: And it's a good night from him.
2: Good night.